1: Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer.
0: And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for taking time each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the Sport of King. Newsflash. Winning Ponies Exotic is over $7 million for the year. And this, my friends, is far from over. It is not too late to catch fire and get on board. I would suggest doing so. WinningPonies.com. Take a look at the testimonials. Take a look at the biggins. Take a look at the site. Make a believer. Make one out of me. That's how we got hooked up. It's been over a year. Another big day of online play for me tomorrow. That's right. So boss beware. Hope he goes and plays golf tomorrow. I'm playing in the Horse Player Qualified Surf meets the Spa Mini. Love it. Seven races. Luckily, luckily with the the wagering god smiling upon me, I came in third and seventh. Last out and got back some cash and some entries for the contest. Good stuff indeed. So hope the boss is out of the office. Going to be... Doing a little mini contest tomorrow. Surf in the spa. Gotta love it. That's what I'll be doing tomorrow. So you can bet I'll be handicapping tonight. Be pulling down some winning winning ponies action. Gotta hammer it out. Gotta do my homework. If you don't, if you fail to prepare, you know what the rest of the story goes. You prepare to fail. What is on our agenda tonight? Recap of last week's races. Biggins. Biggins, the big scores from Winning Ponies. News from racing. Our special guest this week is Dr. Jack Swaggler. Veterinarian who knows the ins and outs of racing. Dr. Jack, good guy. I think you're going to enjoy listening to him. Brings a lot of experience to the table. Pistol Pete in the play of the week. We call him the mule man. He's going to be giving a call. Maybe a friend or two might be calling in. Who knows? A lot of action a lot of winners people studying people doing their homework are already focusing on the weekend it's already thursday so where is your mindset are you thinking about the weekend and winning i know that i am and i start to mate. cannot wait a mini seven races give me all you got Whew. hope i don't put too much pressure on myself there it's a whole lot of fun and then the final furlong tonight that's where we do some handicapping with yours truly Got to be loving it. Let me recap last week's races, and these are races to note. Race number six, Arlington Park, big weekend. Last weekend was the Arlington Million, and we're going to start with the hot Two Stakes, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf, fifty thousand dollar added. Romaca, ET Bear scores by five and a quarter lengths, paying four eighty for Danny Miller. Very nice indeed. ET has got Chicago's number. So does Danny. He was a rough and tumble rider. Arlington Park race number seven, the secretary for grade one, a mile and a quarter on the turf. 400 G up for grabs. Take the points. Told you to take the points. It works in sports, and it works on the track. Get the Sormo. Wins by a, a lucky head, paying 744. Todd Plutcher. I believe you've heard of him. Mr. Todd Plutcher. Eighth race in Arlington, the Beverly D, grade one, mile 16th on the turf, 750 up for grab. At 1,000, that is. Kent DeSormo and Dynaforce winning by a length and a quarter, paying 17.20 for Billy Mott. Coming up and stealing Chicago land's finest. Pure Clan. the favorite, was closing like a mad horse with Julian LePru run third. Five wide, just couldn't beat Dynaforce that day. Incredible race, indeed. Race number nine, Arlington Million, a grade one, a mile and a quarter on the turf. Arlington Million, guess what they're running for? $1 million. Gio Ponte with Ramon Dominguez wins by a length and a quarter. Stumbled at the start, rallied. Split horses coming off the turn, then rallied four wide and drew clear. This, folks, is what a closer looks like. Gio Ponte paying 3 to two, which is $5.00. Trained by Christophe for Castleton Lions Farm. Very nice indeed. Gio Ponte. One to be looking for in Breeders' Cup Day. A race at Del Mar, the Bing Crosby, a grade one $300,000. Sensational. Victor Espinosa winning by two and a half lengths as the prohibitive favorite. $2.80 to win. This compact field of five, trained by bullet Bob Baffert. How about Hall of Fame, Bob Baffert, for Zayat Stables? Very nice indeed. 11th race River Downs, the vivacious handicap on mile and 16th on the weeds, $50,000. Up for grabs, unbridled, flirty Pablo Tolentino. Our announcer, Pistol Pete, calls him the lawnmower. This guy gets it done, wins by a neck. for William Martin. Very nice indeed for $50,000 up for grabs. And we're going to race number nine. The test stakes a grade one from The Spa. Flashing. Richard Migliori, the Mig Man, wins by a length and a half. Being 11.20 for Saeed Ben-Sawar. Very nice indeed. And those are some races to note from last weekend. Also, something for you to note. How the biggins do. That's probably what you're asking me. And how'd the biggins do? Let's kick off with Friday, August 7th. There was 139 total biggins leading the pack. Ellis Park race number three, a superfecta key, $11,956 and 20 cents. Pretty nice Friday indeed. Saturday, they lit them up, 201 total biggins. Saratoga race number one led the pack, on a superfecta, 13,906 even. Thistle Downs. Not bad. Race number seven a superfecta seven thousand five thirty eight forty. Sometimes you find some value at the smaller tracks. Sunday, august ninth, one hundred and thirty total biggins. Charlestown race number four a superfecta seven thousand four hundred seventy five eighty. Monday, august tenth, thirty nine total biggins. Prairie meadows race number five a superfecta two thousand three hundred thirteen even. Tuesday, August 11th, 46 total biggins. River Downs, race number five, a Superfecta Key, 2008 30, And right behind it, Suffolk, race nine, a Superfecta Key, 2,540 even. If you're noticing a pattern, yes, there is one. They are not locked in to just one track, one race. They're all over the place. Winning Ponies, they're on it. Saratoga race number six on Wednesday, August twelfth, over sixty eight total biggins. Led the pack this day. Race number six, a superfecta key, two thousand eight forty-seven even right behind it. Evangeline Downs, race number five, Superfecta Key, two thousand two hundred and sixty-five dollars and eighty cents. Thursday, August thirteenth, twenty-two total biggins, and the day is not over. Rio Doso Downs, race number six, superfecta key five thousand four hundred ninety-seven forty. And as I said before. The day is not over. And so far, the exotic predictions have paid $7,403,327. Not a bad year at all. And it's only winding down in August. September starts some premier meets. We know what October brings about. And we know what's going to happen that first week in November. Winning Ponies in Wago. Kind of recapping a little bit on, on from the news, I talked about Gio Ponte winning the million. Hope you caught it. Castle Lions Gio Ponte notched his fourth consecutive grade one victory August 8th. At Arlington Park, rolled to a length and a quarter victory to win the million. Ramon Dominguez tortured him at Belmont. This guy can take his show on the road anywhere. Four-year-old son of Tail of the Cat. Gio Ponte solidified himself as top turf horse in the country. With his convincing score over a tough field, one that put him over the $2 million career earnings mark. ninth win in 14 starts for the Bay Colt and the 7th graded stakes triumph. He also earned an automatic berth to the November 7th Emirate Airline Breeders' Cup turf at Santa Anita and the Japan Cup. Christophe Clement, one of the nation's best turf trainers for years, collected his first Arlington Million win. That surprises me. Very surprised and happy. According to Clement, we were very patient with Gio Ponzi when he was a three-year-old, and he keeps maturing, and he's a better four-year-old today, said Clement. Many good races around, and he could go in any one of them. Let's just enjoy joy today. Now, that sounds like a trainer. Patience. A confirmed closer, Gio Ponzi stumbled out of the gate but quickly recovered and received a solid pace to run at in a mile and a quarter million. As speedy, precious passion broke away from the field of eight and posted fractions. 22-4, four, 4 one fourteen and one under Elvis Hilo. But the front runner was tiring badly as they approached the four-turn. Mr. Sidney briefly took over in the fading leader. It wasn't long. Gio Ponte split horses with a four-wide move. It made the front nearing the quarter pole. Very classy runner indeed. Can't say enough. Can't say enough. Here's one for you. Zenyatta cuts perfection in the Hirsch win. It is the Hirsch, but she won, not Hirsch win. Unbeaten Zenyatta remained perfect in 12 starts. Had her closest call yet in Del Mar's Clemente Hirsch. Forced to circle the field six wide on a slow pace, the Giant mare just managed to get up over Anabas Creation. Perhaps ridden a little bit overcommonly by jockey Mike Smith, the one-to-five shot Zenyatta got the job done in the final lunge. I have to say, Zenyatta is incredible. And the bloggers, the media, everybody is tearing it apart. They'd love to see Zenyatta face up with the Philly, Rachel. I'd like to see it, too. Rachel's not going to run in the Breeders' Cup. Going to skip it out. But Jess Jackson knows what he wants. And after last year's debacle with Curlin, Curlin actually went out there, and, and I think it probably left a bad taste in Jess Jackson's mouth. That's just me. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. She's actually won on PolyTrack. I know all synthetic surfaces are not the same. And it is a Philly going to face the mare? It is stepping on the turf. I think she's a lazy gal. She can just beat anybody at any time out there. Out there. And she just plays with them. And she got up in the shadow of the wire by a whisker. How do I know that for sure? I caught the pick four. Very nice indeed. Very nice indeed. Zenyatta is the real deal. The Rachel Alexander story, this is going to plague us for the year since we don't have a, a standout male champion to be. The Derby winner coming from New Mexico and Sunland Park, mind the bird, very nice, very nice runner indeed. But the gals have taken center stage this year. This is going to be something we're going to be talking about for years to come. Funny thing about it, Rachel's already being compared to Ruffian. I think that's a that's a pretty tall order, but... Rachel's pretty much the real deal. She's moved around, and she's faced the boys twice. Good conversation. It's not over yet. Well, it is time to head on to our first break. When we return, as the second break always does, we have our special guest of the week, and this week is no exception. As winning ponies, please have on Mr... Doctor Jack Swagger, that is one racing's good guys. You're going to want to stick around and hear what Doctor Jack has to say, and you're only going to get it here on Winning Ponies. never oh, gonna be the same. Cause I my horse I the city. I make a lot of noise.
1: Your internet
2: flagship station for sports. Yeah. Imagine a family that was almost fed by neighbors who almost volunteered to help them out. Almost volunteered to give them their first hot meal in weeks. Almost volunteered. But as anyone knows, when it comes to giving, almost doesn't count. Don't almost give. Give. Give of your time, your money, your kindness. To find out how, visit our website at don'talmostgive.org. This message brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you.
3: Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't hey, Julie. <laughs> hi, hey, Jessica. Hi, hi, Megan. Huh? Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. <clears throat> oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Oh, my God. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage. And he almost puked. <clears throat> he says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit.
1: If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council.
2: Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African American, just like you. So, here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house.
1: Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. The
2: opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a problem
1: tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at one 888 346 that's 1-888-346-9144 or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com now back to winning ponies with ed meyer
0: And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Bonner, and thank you for tuning in each and every week, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on which side of the coast you're on. Our second segment is where we have our special guest of the week, and this week is no exception. Winning Ponies is pleased and honored to have on one of the nicest guys on the track and someone who enlightened us about the world of racing. Welcome to Dr. Jack Swaggler. Dr. Jack, are you there? Yes, sir, Ed. It's good to have you on, sir. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Glad to be with you. Well, thank you, sir. And you know what? By the way, uh, I owe you about five beers for doing this. <laughs> we'll get them. <laughs> well, You know what? I like the sound that. We will get them. <laughs> Dr. Swagler, can you enlighten our, our listeners with how you got started in a, the great sport of racing? Did it just I know you just didn't stumble into it because it's a, a vast educational background, but how did you get started?
4: Well, it started when I was a very young lad. My father had standard bread. So I started out my career with them and uh, loved them so much, and I decided I wanted to be a veterinarian, went to veterinary school at Ohio State, got a great education. Uh, But I came out uh, with a small animal practice, because that's where the money was, to be honest with you. So I had that for about 20 years, and then I decided, doggone it, I'm going to do what I love doing, and that's being with horses. So I just overnight sold my practices and went to
0: work with horses. You know, I was I was kind of kind of winding that down. We talked a little bit earlier, and you know, I, I always wonder now who would pass up a cushy office? You're out of the elements. You really must love the horse. I mean, the horses really must call you to get away from all that. And uh, you're, you're handling a little puppy, a small kitten, or or whatever comes into your office. But you know, you're out there with with a huge thoroughbred. I mean, you've just and then plus it's cold and hot and the weather, the elements. You've got to just love it, and it's got to be more than just a job. Well, Ed, I can tell you, I'm traveling a road that I could only have dreamed about. Well, Doctor, that, that is great to hear. and Yeah, I had to ask you the question. I asked you on uh, off off air, but, you know, I have to ask you just the same for, for everybody out there. Now, you said standard breads and thoroughbreds. Now, the comparison of the two, which is the more hardier critter?
4: Uh, hardy, I don't know if that's the right word. The standard breads are a little more rugged. Uh, They're trained harder, they're trained longer, and they race more. It's not uncommon for a a standard bred pacer or trotter to race uh, 40 to 45 times a year. Uh, The thoroughbreds, if we get to 20, we're really pushing it. Uh, More are getting there now, but uh, the standard bred is a little more rugged. His front legs are a little heavier than a a thoroughbred. Um, He can take a little bit more punishment, uh, and as a result of his hardiness, we don't have near as many uh, breakdowns in standard breads as thoroughbreds, nowhere close.
0: Jack, I have to ask you, have you ever made your way into the socky. Oh, yes.
4: I, uh, I have an A license. I can drive standard breads at all the tracks. <laughs> I did that for a year. Well, you had to do that so you could learn what the horse was doing. Instead of watching it, you step behind <laughs> it, you can feel a lot more. It's like a jockey can feel a lot more on top of a horse than I sometimes can watching him a good many times.
0: Well, oh, you're definitely a fearless man. I don't. I don't think there's enough money in the vault to actually get me behind And I, I don't know if he could actually pull me or. Or I, I, how, how does that in fact work? If if you have a heavier rider, did do they lower or raise the sake? Uh
4: No, it's the same size. It's wow. The same size and, and but supposedly, quote quote, research has shown that it's the bearings and all that in the wheels that has no no. There's no influence on the weight of the driver. Well,
0: well, then, you know what? Maybe I'll try it once. Who knows? Uh, I can set that up for you. <laughs> now that scares the heck out of me, Doc. <laughs> now I got called out now. <laughs> for players that love to see horses, you know, at the track, when there's a scratch at the gate, what do you look for as veterinarian on the scene to determine a scratch? Horses balking at the starting gate, uh, What? what... What determines that when, when a horse is scratched? Well,
4: usually when I come out and watch the post-parade, and, and most of the time I've seen him in the paddock before the race starts, uh, I'm looking for a horse that's uh, not not extending, not stretching out, very short-coupled and in is in his stride. Um, he might have a little lameness. Uh, he can show some soreness. Uh, he may be sweating profusely when uh, on a cool day, which tells me he's getting himself all wound up. Uh, That's a a tough call on the whole thing. I have to to take into account a lot of things. Uh, One of them being, has the jockey ridden the horse before? Uh, If he's ridden it six, seven times in a row and he doesn't come to me, I have to make the assumption that he's comfortable. I may call him over and talk to him to make sure he's okay. And if he is, well, I'll let him go ahead and race. Uh, As far as in the gate, uh, if a horse flips in the gate and bangs his legs on the bars, I will scratch him immediately. If he comes back over the gate and sits down on the track, hits his head, he's scratched immediately. And uh, that's basically
0: the procedure around the gate. A lot of communication with the assistant starters, yourself, the rider. It seems like it, when when people just assume, I plunked down my $2 wager, I walk down there, and they automatically just come out of the gate. There's a whole lot of communication even before the latch is thrown and, uh, and the starter actually pushes the button. So I, I think the communication is, uh, is integral and in, in uh, to have that perfect start or as perfect as possibly can be, uh, be done because, you know, you're dealing with animals and they can thrash at the last second uh, on a gust of winter just because they just feel like it for that second. Dock in the paddock. You know, when I was younger and still do and uh, when I go to other tracks, the wagering public goes down to watch sadly. When, when we're down there, Are there any negative things that uh, players should try to pick up on? Well, we
4: had a good case today, Ed. This is a horse that uh, has had two starts this year, but he hadn't raced since 2006. He was very unruly in the paddock. They had to take him out of the paddock with the pony horse, and it took a good bit of time to get the saddle on. Uh, In the post-parade, he looked halfway decent. Not halfway decent, I'm sorry, that's not the right word. He He looked like he hadn't raced in three years. Uh, coming to the gate, he didn't want to go into the gate, and he flipped the rider off a couple of times, and then finally, was, with some coaxing and, and uh, a little tap of the whip, was, uh, entered the gate. Well, you're thinking right off is, that horse is not going to do well. He's got himself all wound up. Well, the horse finished third. <laughs> so, you know, you never know.
0: That, that is true, and, you know, when you're dealing with animals that actually don't talk back, it takes a, it takes a, a hand to, such as yourself uh, with the eye and the experience to actually kind of divine the difference because they can't tell you, you know, if they're feeling, feeling a little bit on the, on the weak side today or, like you said, you never really know.
4: You never know, and, Ed, none of us are always right in our, our assessment. Oh, uh, We're not perfect. We do make mistakes, but I err always on the side of the jockey. My main job while I work with the horses is to
0: make sure that jockey does not get hurt. Well, safety being paramount, and, you know, I, I've noticed all the precautions we've taken over the years with the safety helmets, the uh, the jackets that they wear, you know, we've been taking that up, and there's even been discussions on weights, uh, you know, uh, that the jockeys can actually uh, pack on a, a little extra poundage, and, uh, and, I, and I think there's going to be a lot of things examined. Uh, you know, Doc, I, I know it's really not a... A veterinarian question but i I've noticed that there's other tracks that are going to the safety whips. Do you feel that makes a difference?
4: I haven't seen one, but I am in favor of it, okay, uh, like with the standard breds now they're pretty pretty stiff on uh over whipping of the horse. You don't need it. You hit the horse once or twice and he doesn't respond. he's not going to uh, they're They're talking to you you've got to pay attention to what they're saying. <laughs>
0: The horse whisperer from the starting gate, and and the sulky, I should say. Uh, that, that I didn't know. I like that. I like that part. Doc, Lasix, Butte, Banamine, what role do these legal medications play in a horse's well-being?
4: Well, obviously, Lasix, is an, uh, you give that uh, if a horse is bleeding. Uh, most thoroughbreds do have some hemorrhage on exercise. It's called exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage. It does happen. We can't avoid it. Lasix does nothing other than lower the blood pressure just a tad and uh, keeps these vessels from bleeding. Uh, obviously, if a horse's lungs are filling up with blood, he can't, he can't race very well, uh, and it shows big time. Um, as far as the butinib and the banamine, they, they, they don't make the horse race any better. They allow him to race to his potential. Now, most, most horses, you've got to remember, these are 1,200-pound animals. Uh, they go around the track, uh, they're sore. They get sore. Uh, this just relieves them. It's like you or I taking an aspirin. Uh, it doesn't enhance their performance, but it does make them race to their potential. So, but I, I, I have no problem with them. Uh, they're legal. Uh, here again, that depends on what state you're in. <laughs> Sometimes you can find yes. a track where they're not. So you have to be
0: very careful what you're giving your horse depending on where you're racing. I can even remember the time I believe was Lasix was, uh, was a no-no in New York. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, it was a no-no
4: in a lot of places for a while. Uh, but it does work, and, it you know, you're talking about a, a little dose of anywhere from 2 to 5 cc. Now, some places will let you go to 10. I disagree with that
0: wholeheartedly. You're dehydrating the horse, and that's not the way to do it. Very interesting. And and as you uh, made the aspirin analogy, it uh, doesn't take their mind out of it. They, they're they not just running mindless and, and just not feeling no pain. Just uh, allows them to keep... Uh, keep on going just like any other athlete would. You prepare them just the same. And speaking on that front, and it's always on the sports pages, right on the front page about steroids. You know, what are your feelings about the use of these medications?
3: Uh,
4: It depends on what you're using them for. Now, some of the steroids are anabolic steroids that will help a horse that's been injured. It'll help him him recover faster and better. Uh, I disagree with the flagrant use of some of these steroids. There's no call for it. And I don't think they're, it's doing what the people want them to do. It's not juicing the horse up sky high so he can go out and win. Uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I've thought about this a lot, and I'm really in favor of the restrictions they're putting on them now. Uh, like uh, one called Equipoise, you, you have to be off of it in, in some states now. All states are going to go to this, but you best not have it in your system if you have had it within
0: five months. When horses go to, the, go to the farm for some time down, is, is that the time that they would possibly come into use for healing purposes?
4: Sure, or if they've been injured or had surgery or something like that. But you have to keep in mind if they're going to be back in three months. <laughs> Get it out of your but, system, but,
0: but just, but like the, a, just like a bad urine test in football.
4: Absolutely, but it's best for the horse if you give him the time off. Mm-hmm. Most, you know, you, you, I'm not a believer in freshening a horse up for a two-week turnout. He just finally gets relaxed, and you yank him right back
0: in and start training him again. It seems awfully quick. And, and you know, we, we have seen some that have turned around quicker in the, uh, in the game. Doc, you've kind of caught my ear with standard breds and thoroughbreds. Uh, is there any difference in the daily care and or treatment of injuries, or do you see one uh, more injuries in one than the other?
4: Well, the, the one that comes to mind real quick is, is thoroughbreds will have shin splints and that way more than standard breds. The treatment, the feeding, and all that is basically the same. It's the training that's different. Uh, as you well know, some thoroughbreds may get to the track two or three times a week, some a little bit more, but they'll be on the walker or they'll be in the stall or the groom will walk them. Uh, Standardbreds actually go out on the track, and I would say the, uh, go anywhere from three to five miles a day. Now, not racing, just at a nice jog, and that builds them up. That's why they're, they're a little bit stronger in the legs. The legs aren't as fragile.
0: Um,
4: outside that, they're, they're pretty much the same. We just get a little bit more training out of the standard breads.
0: I would have lost the quarter bet on that one, to be very honest with you. When we initially uh, chatted uh, offline about uh, standard breads and thoroughbreds, I, I have to admit, I would have probably lost the dollar bet, to be honest with you. But, you know, come to think of it, you'll see the standard breads earlier in the card, and you'll see them maybe out for a little jog, a little workout, I guess maybe to work the kinks out, and they're going to race later on the card.
4: Ed, years ago, a horse, that say, was racing in the fifth race at a racetrack. Say there's 20 minutes between races. He would go a trip maybe a half hour before the start. He might go out and go a mile right before the start, and he might two races before, he'd go out and go go another light mile, which would be his fastest mile, and then they'll race. They don't do that much anymore. Most of them will go out and, say, jog a couple miles. They might turn and put a little speed in it for a mile or half a mile, uh, and they race off of that and I think that's much better for the horses.
0: Incredible. Well, my hat's uh, <laughs> off to the standard bred folks, as they, uh, they definitely have their hats and work cut out for them there. Doc, as a professional, what can someone do if they want to pursue your career, and how should they prepare?
4: Study like crazy, go to high school, take a lot of science classes, try to get a job with a veterinarian, either a large animal, equine, cattle, uh, small animal office, uh, I had many people when I had the small animal offices Uh, that started out as kennel boys. And as a matter of fact, I sold my hospital to a a young man in Hamilton who was my kennel boy. And he went to school, and I helped him through, and he came back and worked for me, and I sold him the practice. (laughs) It's it's hard, Ed. It's a long, hard road. It's it's eight years. Uh, It's just hard, but you've got to put your mind to it. If that's what you want to do and you're willing to study, anybody can do it.
0: I think you, you put your mind and your heart has to be in it more so than... than oh, yes. Doc, I, I have very much enjoyed chatting with you. And, and on behalf of Winning Ponies, i would like to thank you for taking the time out to be our special guest this week. And we wish you luck on and off the track, and, and we'll see you definitely at the races. I enjoyed it. At any time I can help you, please give me a call. Doc, thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. Have a good evening. You as well. That's been Dr. Jack Swagler as I always say, because we have nothing but some of the finest guests here on Winning Ponies, one of definitely the nicest guys on the track and off the track, and I hope he enlightened the whole thoroughbred picture and standardbred picture for you. Well, it's time to add it to a break. When we return, hopefully we're going to be talking with our man Pistol Pete, the mule man. Maybe he's got a few plays for the week. Maybe he's got some mules. Who knows what we got coming. You're only going to find out if you stick around here on Winning Ponies.
1: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They a ass and then move I just, and I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up! or up! forever, hold your mouth. We playing around here. Voice America
0: Sports.
3: I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth, and I can give myself a bath.
2: by people who almost volunteered. As generous a nation as we are, sometimes instead of giving, we almost give. We almost come forward in times of need. Almost. But almost giving is the same as not giving at all. Don't almost give. Give. To find out how, check our website at don'talmostgive.org. A message from the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is
4: a beauty. There's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the... shot. got it With 2.8 seconds left oh. left. I don't care where they put him.
5: This one is out
1: of here. From high school to the pros, we, we, cover we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll free at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer.
0: And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Jack Spiker just finished up. As I said, one of the nicest guys. Definitely in racing. Informative as well. And joining us, he I believe he's at the ball game. And this guy is a world traveler. He's uh, that would be anywhere and everywhere. Mr. Pistol Pete, are you there, Mule Man? I hope so. The Reds just hit a home run, so it might be a little loud in the background. There we go. Are are they ahead? uh, Give give us the Uh, update here.
5: They're putting a hurting on the Nationals right now, but, you know, if you're a $5,000 horse and you're beating up on $2,500 horses, they don't tend to give you much credit.
0: (laughs) But they'll take what they can get. So he's at the ballgame, and he's talking horses. Pete, do we have any plays of the week?
5: Well, you've dubbed me the mule man. I think I'll get to my mule play later. I actually do have a mule race I want to discuss with you and then highlight a race meet for those on the West Coast that might not be aware of it. But my typical River Downs play, i got to get back on track. I haven't been doing very well on the River Downs play. And moreover, I've been giving horses out that are far, far too short a price for me to actually tell somebody else to bet on. And this uh, tomorrow afternoon, it might not be any different. She's 3-1 to on the morning line. She'll take money, but I think that the favorite on the morning line will go favorite. Now, I know I've said that maybe two, two of the last three weeks, and it hasn't been the case, but in the seventh race tomorrow on the card, we're going five and a half furlongs, $4,000 claiming race, non-winners of two races in two years. Now, the seven horse, Criticis, taking a, taking a lateral move here. She was third last time in the long version of this race, went 47 and four to the half mile. She's the filly, kind of filly that likes to open up and roll. Uh, finished retiring tiring third that day after sending very, very quick splits. Uh, she's actually won here at River Downs this meeting. She won by 11 against the Soft Bunch. But the w- Bunch she ran against last time, the filly that won that race, you're a wild one. She came back and put in a bang-up performance against a pretty good field here uh, this afternoon at River Downs. So Kretesis is keeping good company. But the reason really I like her is I see a lot of dedicated speed that doesn't seem to want to hold up. And she had a couple of horses with some form. Uh, like the four going to get you good. She's bringing in good recent form, but it was against much, much less. Uh, So, Kratisa seems to me to be the safest bet in the race. Now, for those of you who have your racing forms open and you're saying, Pete, what about Ready Aim Fire? She's 6-5 to in the program. Uh, Folks, I have one word and one word for you on Ready Aim Fire, and this comes from the jockey and the trainer. Underneath, uh, quite frankly, Vernon Bush has told me that he thinks uh, Ready Aim Fire is quite common, and he doesn't mean that in an endearing sense. She loves to wait for horses. It's not a secret. It's not a downplay. She is a hanging filly. But she's a great filly to have in the barn because she's always going to get your check. So definitely use the 8 second. Maybe take a shot with Kertesis if she's 5 to 2 or something to that effect on top. Use some horses underneath for a cozy little trifecta. That's in race number 7 at River Downs.
0: Pete, I'd love to hear that. And, you know, the uh, the little heads up coming from the, uh, from the, especially from the jock as well, I, I think that is uh, well worth its uh, weight and salt there. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's, one, it's a good one to have in the barn, but it's also a good one to bet against. That I like. Thank you. Well,
5: you know, and like I said, it's not a downplay on her because, frankly, Vernon Bush told me that he hates riding her because, uh, you know, he can give 150% if he puts it on the Philly, and she's not going to run any better. She's actually kind of like my uh, college football team, the University of Arizona Wildcats. She can <laughs> run against good horses and put in a good try and run against bad horses, and put it against the same try. So she kind of runs to the level of her competition, and for that reason, I don't take too much stock in the buyers that she's been running, frankly, because uh, I know what kind of filly she is, and she can adjust her buyers to who she's running against.
0: Hmm. I definitely like that. And Vernon, uh, Mr., uh, Mr. 3000, I mean, uh, you can't squabble with 3,000 and growing, I should say, with victories. So we can't squabble with that, so we got your horse play, and I know for a fact you got a mule play. Well, first of all, I do have a
5: mule play and it's probably the track that many of the listeners haven't heard about. And if you haven't heard about it and you like horse racing, now I'm not saying you have to go and spend five hundred on a card, but it's opening day tomorrow at the Humboldt County Fair. It's one of the California Fair Circuits and it oftentimes gets overshadowed because the Golden Gate Racing Fair is also going on. So the Better Fair horses take the center stage at Golden Gate. But the hard-knocking, hard, knock, hard you know, the ordinary run-what-you-got-type horses, they go up to Farndale. And a lot of times, is a good mecca for mule racing simply because with the cheaper horses on the card, racing secretaries are not afraid to cart a good mule race over a cheaper-type fullbred bred race. So is definitely the mule mecca uh, in terms of tracks that people can see on a regular basis. And it's a seven-day racing meet. It starts tomorrow, first post time on the West Coast at 3 o'clock. So those of you on the East Coast, 6 o'clock is the first post-time tomorrow at Ferndale. Uh, Humboldt County Fair, a half a mile oval, so uh, the horses that are at six-and-a-half furlongs are actually two-turn races. Uh, so that they're usually actually three-turn races. So uh, it certainly is a, a, a race meet that's entertaining, and it's kind of a race meet that the horses are, uh, you know, they're of lesser quality, but they're competitive races, so you can make a few bucks. It's a California fair circuit, so the signal does go out. Uh, to a, quite a few circuits, so the pools are somewhat substantial. All in all, it makes for a lot of fun, and I know a lot of folks, both on the East Coast and the West West Coast, that like Ferndale. Now, moving into that, tomorrow's first race, the first of the season at Ferndale, is a mule race. It's a maiden mule race at 220 yards. Uh, Ferndale runs the mule race. It's a lot shorter simply because their stretch is a lot shorter, and they don't have a big, long kid at Ferndale. Uh, the mule race, actually, for those of you who like the uh, blue-collar comedy tour, there's a big-time hunch play. And Tater Salad, and he actually doesn't look too bad. Uh, he's definitely one I would include. He's coming in from Winnemucca at the Humboldt County Fair. That's the, that's the mule mecca, if you will. That's the, uh, the meat you caught the mule season. He hasn't raced since then, so he's kind of, uh, she's had time to mature. Now, it's only been since May, but mules can r- improve rapidly. Uh, the four-tater salad definitely one to fear. But I like the one, Miss Dupree. Now, on times, she's definitely fast enough to win this race. She's got 2163 clockings, 2176 clockings. Now, that's 350. But she's got a lot of gate speed, so that should transfer into an even a better run out of Mr. Prix. The only thing about her is if she runs her race, she still might lose because she's a bit of a head case. Uh, she's hit the lead in all of her races and then got very, very flighty, ducking in, ducking out. But she's been running against much better mules, Coco Nelson, Elise Nelson last time, and she still went down there in twenty one seventy six. A repeat of that effort makes her awful tough to catch at the abbreviated distance. Uh, Jose Ariaga is the jockey here for trainer Bruce Tau, like the one over the four and the six. Toby, the six, draws a good outside post in here. Uh, April Bogue gets the return call. Now, this filly ran uh, two races back. She ran bang up to a mule named Bar-JF Lotto Ticket. Now, Ed, you uh, obviously remember that mule. That's yes, the one I do. gave you to bet on. She won the first asking that day. at 7-1. to one. She's come back, Lotto Ticket has, and ran a hole in the wind, second time out and won easily. <laughs> so She's definitely one with the future. Six has been keeping good company. The one's the fastest, the four's up their world play. So in the first, Thurndale, whatever box, exact the box, daily doubles, however you like to play it, the one, four, six.
0: Loving it, Pete, loving it. Pete, thanks for the call in. Get back to your ball game and enjoy. And uh, root the red legs home, my boy. Thanks a lot, everybody, in radio land. Have a great evening. Thanks again, Pete. That's from Pistol Pete, Place of the Week. Mules of the Week, you name it, this guy knows it. And he calls one heck of a race. Well, it's time to head on to a break. When we return, we're going to go with the final furlong handicapping with yours truly. Maybe we're going to pick a few winners ourselves. Stay tuned for more Winning Ponies.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America
4: Sports. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an
3: organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like...
1: Prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned.
3: Nor will we brag about our huge
1: selection, enormous variety.
4: We will offer no contingencies, like
1: see store for details. Legal exclusions apply.
4: Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified
2: Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
3: Well, I did have it, but I'm not a mannequin anymore. Doctors said over 75% of my body turned into plastic. They said it's because I wasn't active in my community, because I didn't vote or volunteer or I don't know. All I wanted to do was cry, but I couldn't
2: because I had plastic eyes. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The kickoff is a beauty. he's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's Touch at the shot. got it. With two point eight seconds he's left to left. I don't care where they put him.
0: This one is out of
1: here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. We
0: cover everything. Let
1: your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or you can send an email to ed at WinningPonies.com. now back to winning ponies with ed meyer
0: and welcome back to the final furlong here on winning ponies i'm ed meyer Tomorrow, class of 2009, to enter the Hall of Fame. Trainers Bob Baffert, Janet Elliott, Jockey Eddie Maple, and horses Ben Nevis II. Silver Bullet Day and Now will be inducted in the National Museum of Racing's Hall of Fame. Tomorrow, the ceremony at 10.30 a.m. at the fasig Tipton Sales Pavilion, Saratoga Springs, New York. If you're asking who Janet Elliott was, she's the Hall of Fame's first female trainer elected. Jockey Julie Crone was the first female elected in the Hall of Fame, but Janet Elliott, welcome to the club. That happens tomorrow, ten thirty a.m. up at Saratoga. Let's jump in and let's pick some winners. What do you say? I'm always for that. Saturday, August fifteenth, race number three. Let's go to Saratoga, the Spa, and race number three. We're going to go seven furlongs. I like the four; it's four to five, and should be hot minute. Speedster here, Ramon Dominguez and Richard Dutro. Dutros and Dominguez are the Cash Money brothers. These guys team up. He's ridden for Richard Dutro. Gen- generally rides for Anthony Dutro, his brother. But he's riding for Richard here. He's had fifty uh, percent in the last sixty days of a winner and a hundred percent in the money. So the Dutros and Dominguez are the Cash Money brothers. Four to five in the three-year-old colt by Hook and Ladder for New York it's Hook and Ladder. Definitely rules New York bread racing here. Speaking about somebody who rules, let's get a real quick note with our man, the Cincinnati Kid. Kid, are you online? Cincinnati
3: Kid, are you online? Yeah, I'm here. What's good, Ed? (laughs) What do you know, brother? Give us a winner. And I can't call it. I think I got a winner for you. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm saying that the 2009... Bud Select Cradle Stakes winner is running this Saturday at River Downs. Okay. Crap? This two-horse, this two Williams Kitten, Ken and Sarah Ramsey, Mike Maker, one of the few horses in the field, I think the only horse in the field, to win going two turns on the grass. And that's been a key angle this year, getting these all springs of Kitten's Joy around two turns going a mile or so. They've really been improving, and I think this one – He's going to take another step forward off of his maiden win, win this Saturday, and turn around and win the Bud Select Cradle in three weeks.
0: I like that. Orlando Mojica shipping up. He's a 20% winner on the turf and 50% of the money. Mike Maker and Ken and Sarah Ramsey, it just seems like yesterday when Kitten's Joy was up at Arlington and uh, was just a sprite little thing. But I like Williams getting away uh, in the, uh, it's a nice allowance, 25,000, nice little prep here. But uh, also in that race, I kind of like Vito Felito here, Edgar Palkar picking up the mount for Bernie Flint.
3: Right. The only stakes winner in the field, question is, can he get around two turns? We know he can handle the lawn, and he's a stakes winner on it. Only stakes winner in the bunch, so he should definitely be tough. Could it's box those up in a nice little exacta. I like that.
0: Kid, thanks for the call, my friend. I really appreciate it. When the kid calls it, you go to the windows. Thank you, kid.
3: Thank you kindly, Ed. Thanks. You got it. See you at the
0: races, brother. All right, the 10th at Saratoga on Saturday. We got a mile and a half, the Inner Turf Sword Dancer Grade 1 in here. Very nice race. Uh, there's always great racing in Saratoga. It's hard to find uh, j- just a race that isn't intriguing here. Race number 10, on 88 uh, Guijano, uh, Andre Stark in the Irish for Peter Shurgan. And uh, just run in the Grade 1 Man Award, Belmont, going a mile and three eighths The thing that really intrigues me here, they're going to go a mile and a half. And actually, this seven year old Gelding is 11 for 16 at the distance. I like that. I like Andre Stark, actually uh, running against a little uh, runner by the name of Gio Ponte and was rallying against Gio Ponte. Quijano in the 10th race at Saratoga. So I, I like that. Then we're going to go to Del Mar. And anything at Del Mar has always kind of caught my eye here. In the 7th race at Del Mar, I'm going to go all the way out. I believe it's the 12 hole, and it's Marcelo. Garrett Gomez for Bob Baffert, who's going to be all juked up here. From being in the Hall of Fame, gonna go from five and a half to six furlongs. Worked a beautiful one twelve and three over six furlongs here. That's a sharp work, a second career race and bullet bob is forty seven percent in the money. You gotta love that. I think it really kinda threw me over the edge here is a two hundred thousand dollar Keeneland April sales purchase and was the best of seventeen sold on that day. I think Marcello, we're gonna hear from this two year old Colt by Johannesburg down the road that is in the seventh race at delmar on saturday then we're going to race number eight it's the la Jolla. it is a grade two mile and the 16th on the turf i'm going to go with i'll show them i'll show them i believe it's going to be the number three is two for two with martin garcia garcia comes off of gretzky to ride this one garcia is two for two for david hoffman's here and is a 34 percent in the money turf Rider here, and I have to respect that second route race. Hoffman wins thirty-one percent of the time. Actually, taking a big step up here against Grade Two action, and that only equates to big time value. Arlington Park in the fifth race, Chicagoland. Plenty of pace to set him up. I like the one empty-handed junior Alvarado for Shannon Ritter. A mile and a sixteenth, cutting back to a mile, and there is a work on August eighth, a minute flat. The best of 30 that day. There's plenty of pace. Empty-handed at 6-1 in the morning line. Empty-handed will not leave you empty-handed. Empty-handed will pay off handsomely. As the kid was talking about, the 12th race at River is a mile on the turf. And my pick in here is Vito Felito, Edgar Palkar, and Bernie Flint. I'm going to box him up with the kid's pick, and that's William's kitten. But Vito Felito actually comes out of the minstrel, a $50,000 uh, nice little stakes race at Louisiana Downs. It's going to go five furlongs to a mile. And that to me is gonna be the is gonna be the telltale sign. And once upon a time, Bernie Flint just ruled this circuit when he would actually come up for allowance races and and the uh stakes. Bernie Flint and Edgar Palkar, they team up together very nicely. Palkar is a fifty-five percent in the money turf winner, and uh, and the thing I like best about Bernie Flint when he ships in, he's forty-three percent in the money. I like Vito Felito in the twelfth race at River on Saturday. And then we head down to Ellis Park, and we're going to go to the race nine. That is their gardenia. I can't believe their gardenia is already here. I mean, summer is winding down. I go to the three, and that is ladies' laughter, Victor LeBron and Charles Presty. Actually, this is the second start off of a layoff, and I like that here. This is a real nice speedster filly here by Distorted Humor, one for one at Ellis Park. LeBron is a very nice rider indeed. Uh, ran, ran in the Grade Three Dogwood and the Eight Bells, at Grade Three at uh, Churchill Downs, showed some speed. Took a little time off, came back to Ellis, sprinted, boom, fires at first time. Asking, I think the Gardenia is a very nice prep indeed uh, on, on, uh, on on July twenty fifth, and I think the Gardenia is a nice spot from that prep. I should say one for one at Ellis. I say we get two for two at Ellis and that is in the ninth race, the Gardenia. And Ellis generally offers some great value. I'm going to round up my selections for the week. That is in the 10th race. It's a turf race. It's maiden, 25,000. You're probably saying, are you crazy? I mean, you know, there there are so many in here that could actually, you know, be chosen one over the other. But uh, there's one there called Calamonico, Miguel Mena for Bill Mott. Miguel Mena is just a terrorizer. Wherever he shows up, this guy is in the money. Bill Mott, he's winning 22% down at Ellis. He's 46 in the money on the year. Incredible numbers there. Kind of ran an erratic race. Couldn't figure out uh, where this guy wanted to be, his son of Stormcat. He was third. He was eighth. He was fifth. He bid. He hung at Churchill Downs. Maybe the solter spot at Ellis Park in the 10th race. Cal Monaco with Miguel Mena. And this guy has really intrigued me. I think when he Gets his game straight, and his A game is intact. Miguel Mena is someone we're going to be talking about much way down the road, and that is in the 10th race for at to Ellis Park. So there we have it. Kind of like that, there's a lot of action here, and there's a lot of action this weekend, as there is every single weekend. And a uh, little note here for you. I love this race in the history. On August 13th, 1919, upset scored a win against Man of War in the Sanford Memorial at Saratoga Racecourse. The defeat was Big Red's only loss in 21 starts. little history note there for you to end the show, and uh, i like to kind of reflect back on that. Well, time flies when you're talking horses. Winning ponies would like to thank Dr. Jack Swaggler, nice guy indeed, Pistol Pete, the mule man, and you for tuning in. And until next week, may your winners be many, and your photos be few. Good luck, everyone.
1: Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.